welcome back to a very, very exciting episode of Mix and Match Radio. I'm here with Muhammad, my main MCU man. That was a lot of alliteration right there, but it's a big day. It's a big, big day. He is back, ladies and gentlemen. He is back, and he is better than ever. In full swing, we're about to get to this topic. All pun intended. Full swing? That was great. As you guys can tell by our um, enthusiasm, Tom Holland has arrived back in the uh, very gracious hands of Marvel Studios after Marvel and Disney and Sony actually came to an agreement with the actor, and they have decided to once again share the rights to Spider-Man and produce more Marvel Studios films with this character. This news broke on Friday? Friday, I believe? Yes. This news broke on Friday, and the world has been in celebration ever since. And I mean, I'm talking bigger than the Super Bowl, bigger than anything we've ever seen in the past. There's like ending world wars, there's world peace, there's ending world hunger, destroying poverty, and then at the very top of the list, there's getting Tom Holland back in the MCU. Bro, I was so happy that day I bought my girlfriend flowers. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> what a good reason to buy your girlfriend flowers. I love it. It's just a it's a background thing. Like I'm super pumped. It's time to make somebody else happy. There we go. See, we're already we're saving lives, saving relationships. Tom Tom Holland and Spider-Man is doing so many good things for this world. I'm I'm pumped to have him back. And it has been a long ride here. I know for a fact me and Muhammad were crying on the doorsteps of disney and sony the day we heard about all this i don't know where sony headquarters is uh like stationed but i was ready to just protest on their front lawn it was the the original news of the negotiations between disney and sony over tom holland's character of spider-man when they originally collapsed and the world shook was august 20th 2019 over a month ago we had the character all of us have come to love ripped out of our hands and taken back into the Sony Cinematic Universe, which hasn't been great in the past in how it's dealt with certain things. They've only had one hit, I'd say, in the past. When did uh, Spider-Man 2 come out? That was like 2004. So. Yeah, 2004 because 3 came out in... Oh eight, yeah, seven or eight, yeah. But I mean, I'd say personally, with my preference, I'd say that was the last good Spider-Man thing, or before Into the Spider-Verse, that was the last good thing that they released. Um, and so there was a lot of concern with having Tom Holland in their clutches because we did not know how they would go about handling his character and if they would do him justice. But we don't need to worry about that anymore because Marvel is back with him, and it's all good now. Let's let's break this down. We're going to for those of you who don't maybe know exactly how this all went and what what made us so worried about the entire story of Spider-Man and the love of our life being ripped out of our hearts. It's important we go over exactly what happens here. First, we start with Avengers Endgame. We can start there. Our boy, the hero of heroes, Tony Stark, dead, gone, snapped out of here rest in peace headstone all of that he's gone he's dead he came back to fight thanos to save 
Peter Parker to save Spider-Man. That was the reason why he did it all. That was the reason why he created time travel. It is. We, we discovered time travel to save Spider-Man. We broke the literal space-time continuum to save Spider-Man. And that's basically what Marvel did for this actual deal. And four months later, four months later, we lose him. After Far From Home, which blew the office out of the water. It was the highest grossing Spider-Man Sony movie, I think, Of ever. all time. Yeah. It was the first Sony movie to pass, surpass $1 billion in the box office. Huge news. But anytime there's that much money around something, they go back to the drawing board on contracts, negotiations, and everything else. But surprisingly enough, it wasn't Sony asking for anything. It Dis- was Marvel or Disney. Disney came in kicking down the door and said, look, this 5% equity I have in these movies is not enough. I'm, I need more. And <laughs> They I get- didn't just jump it like a little. They, they shot their shot. They, they went further than the half court, and they just lopped that hoe. That is literally what they did. They went from 5% to 50%. Disney, the owner of the world, <laughs> needed 50% equity in the character of Spider-Man in his movies. And they, they, to be fair, they wanted to offer more financial help in the production of the movies, but that's absolutely nothing when they're making billions off of him. Sony just said no. Plain and simple, they thought it was ludicrous, as probably most of the community I mean, it was did. ludicrous. It was it? absolutely ludicrous, especially for a, a company like Disney that actually owns virtually everything we consume, especially in movies. And They own my childhood. Yeah, that's a, that's a fairly accurate way of saying it. I think that Disney has a monopoly on late 90s kids, maybe even early 90s kids, and so on in their childhood entertainment. But that was August 20th. We we received the, the horrible news that practically gave me PTSD just based off of me reading it for the first time. And that was just speculation at that point. Nothing was settled. It was all uh, in the air if he was going to stay, that they were still talking, debating this entire thing. Then September 3rd came, and Tom Holland came out because it had been a couple of weeks that he hadn't, we hadn't heard anything from the actual actor, and Tom Holland came out saying that the legacy of Spider-Man rests in Sony's hands, and they're more than capable hands, which we all did not believe whatsoever. Then, shortly two days after, on September 5th, it was said that the door is closed for there being any chance of Spider-Man re-entering the uh, Disney Marvel proper. And so it was uh, stated by the Avengers Endgame and Infinity War director Joe Russo that Spider-Man's exit was a tragedy, which we can all attest to, because Sony is not the best when handling this character. They've had their moments, but overall it has not been suffice. Many tries, many failures. Yes. And I think that... Muhammad could testify to how hopeful I was throughout this entire thing because uh, oh yeah when the news dropped I figured I was originally shocked because after a movie like Far From Home that makes so many people so much money I was shocked that they were willing to virtually just shred everything that they've built up with Tom Holland's Spider-Man and branch off on their own I originally hated Sony for it. I really did because I figured it was Sony 
just trying to make their own, trying to rot, piggyback the success of the MCU is essentially what I thought they were going to try to do with yeah. Spider-Man and after pulling him out of the MCU. I then came to find out that Disney was just trying to hurdle the moon with what they wanted to ask from Sony and I definitely did not accept the exit of Spider-Man but I understood it more so than anything else. I do too. But it was still very disappointing. But there were signs because I there out of the 800 million Marvel quote unquote uh direct news accounts that have all these uh leaks and I guess stories that they chase. There were a few reports that said Sony and Disney are back at the negotiation table. Sony and I just Disney brushed are... it aside honestly when I saw that because with something as sensitive as this, it's it's black and white for me because I gave up hope after probably two weeks because I don't know. I see Sony being very Sony's the kid on the playground who doesn't want to share their like basketball with anyone else. <laughs> and so that's the way that I perceive this situation. And the only, the thing that pissed me off the most was at the end of far from home, there was a cliffhanger. And so mm. we were like millions of people were going to be left unanswered as to what's uh, going to be Spider-Man's life in the MCU. And how is it going to turn out with this uh, revealing of his identity? Because that's what happened at the end of the movie. Sorry. That was a spoiler for you guys who haven't seen it. <laughs> but spoiler warning 10 seconds ago we're gonna spoil the movie <laughs> but it was very aggravating with what they did however luckily they came to a decision on friday stating that they settled on a 25 percent of uh 25 percent deal from their original 50 percent uh with disney receiving the proceeds of these films and so I think that's better. I, I think that 25% is actually reasonable. Yeah. Considering how much Disney actually does to promote this entertainment and how much they've built with the MCU. Not only that, but Disney is like, in a sense, it's almost the boss that you don't want to make mad or you don't want to go against simply yeah. because of how much they can do to hurt you. If, I mean, realistically, if Spider-Man would have left, the MCU would have been fine. Oh, yeah. They had more than enough content to, to like sustain them for the next four decades. They have the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, a million different things. The X-Men alone can last you so long. I mean, look at how long is... the actual franchise lasted. And that like the initial franchise started with all essentially B-list characters. Iron Man was not in the forefront at all. Spider-Man's honestly more... Spider-Man would be more uh, desired than Iron Man was back at that time. Well, what originally happened, to my knowledge, is when Sony was going bankrupt. Or not Sony, but Marvel was going bankrupt. Marvel Comics was going bankrupt in the 90s. And they sold away some of their character rights to make these movies because they mm -hmm. thought that, that would be a way to, I guess, boost comic product or comic sales. And the only character they sold to somebody else was Spider-Man, and that was to Sony. Everybody else went to the same company. And I think Hulk is still with Universal, though. Universal is Hulk, but pretty uh, almost everybody else went to the same yeah. company. And but you and Universal doesn't nearly have as much no beef with I would I guess beef would be the way to say it, but uh, disagreements yeah. is a better way to say it, I guess. But um, they sold away all their characters to try to stay afloat, and then Disney bought out Marvel X amount later for four billion dollars, which 
if you've seen what Marvel has become, that is a staggering number. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, $4 billion is a lot of money, but they have made boatloads of cash out of the Marvel characters. And before Iron Man was what Iron Man is now, before the before Iron Man was made into what he is because of the movies, he wasn't ever he was known as a B or a C list yeah. superhero, quote unquote. Whereas Spider Man was a staple. Oh yeah, this, the Amazing Spider Man comics are some of the most famous comic books ever produced at yeah. all, like ever. And his co- and his cartoons also are the same type of way. His have his have his uh, Spider Man cartoons have seen more success than most. That's why this was such a big deal because Spider just the name Spider Man is such a bankable uh, idea, and so whoever's in control of that basically has all the fans. Because regardless, I was still going to see the Sony Spider Man movies because Tom Holland was going to continue being Spider Man, which everyone was thinking would not be the case with Sony acquiring the rights back. But I I couldn't see them choosing a different actor after Tom Holland being so successful, you know. I think it's a mistake if Sony switches actors, but it's really weird. I, I, I'm almost curious as to how it would have turned out, and I guess we'll see more with Spider-Man 3, which they're the new Spider-Man 3, I guess. I don't know what they're going to call it, but when we see that come out, we'll see how they treat his character. Spider-Man back home. <laughs> Spider-Man far from home. Spider-Man back home. <laughs> Spider-Man staying home. <laughs> Spider-Man, I'm never leaving my home. In a way, Far From Home is a decent representation of this entire fight. He was on a field trip. He got into an argument that he wasn't expecting. (laughs) Yeah. And the one person he thought he could trust turned out to not be the most trustworthy of fellows. Yeah. And we find ourselves here. or he He found himself in the middle of a very large corporate disagreement between two of the larger uh movie producing companies and it just went one thing to another and tom holland was drug in the middle of it and it was just a really ugly divorce yeah he there really wasn't much that he could do because that's why it took so long i guess for him to say anything because i feel that he was more out of the loop than anyone too because his dad made a comment before he did really his dad went on facebook and tweeted something or and what i don't know what does do you facebooking is that is that how you say was that the action of Facebook? He posted it to his wall. I don't know. Yeah, he, he poked. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> he posted on his platform of Facebook that he wanted to save Spider-Man. And that was essentially what it was, is save Spider-Man after Disney had, or not after Disney, but after Sony had reacquired him, implying that he preferred him with Disney. But that he was the first person to speak. And if you're Tom Holland here, you still want you don't want to make it seem like you're unhappy in either situation. Yeah. Because if you may if you do make it seem bad, it looks really bad on Sony and then the entire movie is just going to have a different volume to it's it. It's going to be a lot. I feel that it would be in bad taste. It would, especially if if Tom Holland had uh, expressed his distaste with being in or being owned by Sony exclusively. And he couldn't do that Florida. because then he'd be because he's making the movies with them now and so you don't want bad blood between a studio and their actor. Exactly. And I think he has enjoy he has openly stated how much he enjoys playing Spider-Man yeah. and how he wants to play it for as long as he can given he is allowed to. Whoever it's with. Exactly. I guess this is my biggest question. 
do you think this is a band-aid? Do you think this is cemented over and that we won't have to cross this road again very soon? Like a band-aid that's going to be slowly pulled off again? Do you think that we're going to have to revisit this exact same issue fairly soon? Because he's listed right now for two movies, two more movies, which is Spider-Man 3 and then another MCU movie, which if, if there is anybody out there listening at Marvel right now, anybody at all, make it the Young Avengers. <laughs> if we're going to get one more movie with Tom Holland after Spider-Man 3, please make it the Young Avengers. I don't know. I don't care what you have to do to make it happen. Do it. That, that is how you make me okay. See, apparently, I saw the whole uh, two-movie uh, picture thing again, but I I saw something saying that they wanted to go about the future of this character and just Sony uh, Sony's cinematic universe in the sense that they want to create a shared universe, which opens up the debate for the multiverse, which has been introduced uh, vaguely but then we were told it was all a hoax in uh, the light of a villain creating a facade for uh, I think we're I think we're world domination dropping Mysterio so it's yeah been it, in months, uh, yeah. far from home Mysterio uh, name dropped the multiverse trying to uh, make everyone believe that he was from an alternate dimension in order to go higher up in the shield ranks and basically uh, get control like Iron Man did and so uh, then we were uh, Mysterio was like, yeah, that's BS. I just work for the R&D department or something like that. It and turns so, out he was just a guy who made some glasses. And... Yeah. But with the uh, later slated MCU Phase 4 movies, there's a specific title for one of the films. And uh, that would be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which is going to be released in the same year that the projected Spider-Man 3 is to be released. Which makes me... This is just too peculiar, man. Like, it, this is, it lines this is up too, way too well. This had to be a PR stunt or something, man. Because it, like, it was like a little bit over a month that this entire debacle occurred. And just so perfectly placed, they allowed a date to be settled for Spider-Man 3 and everything it, like that. That's the thing that's really that that's got me really curious about it is if there wasn't already an agreement or some sort of plan, why were we so easily scheduled for Spider-Man 3? That there's no way that project is slated immediately they, after they they gave agree a date I think in the next few hours. They that did. We were it told. was the same day. The same day they released the plans for it, which is very very weird. So Disney Sony we have mix and match radio. See through all of your bullshit. I'm calling you out right You're now. You're not gonna get through us, Vic. Because that I think that's going to be the next movie after Doctor Strange, right? I because it's coming. It's played I in 2021 in July. It is, and I believe it's going to be. It's in July. I, yeah, you're right. It is in July. Which will be the next movie after... Yeah, it's going to be the next movie after the Multiverse of Madness, after Doctor Strange, which is huge. That is big. And so Sony already has their own... Uh, they're calling it the Venomverse, I think. And so uh, they already did Venom last year, and that was actually very successful. I think it grossed about a billion dollars internationally. And so they already have Venom 2 in the works, with Andy Serkis directing it, introducing Carnage. They already have more movies slated, Morbius... Uh, I think Spider Gwen and a bunch uh, and more into the Spider Verse flicks, and so they have their slate so scheduled film. For that. And so I think 
it's more than two pictures that Marvel is signing that Marvel and Sony cooperated on because I believe that they're going to incorporate so much more of each other's content. And so this might even mean that with their deal, I'm just I'm shooting in the dark right now, but I'm just saying maybe maybe Sony might be able to pull some Disney characters into their universe. If they Possibly. go with a completely shared universe and they allow the almost uh, mixed universe, I guess would be the best way to say it, where characters can be interchangeable. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a large monopoly lawsuit being filed because I think Disney then moves to buy Sony (laughs) entirely. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously. I'm saying that's going to come later. Disney culture, but, you know, (laughs) I, I think it would work. They, there are certainly characters that Sony owns that Disney could be successful with. Tom Hardy's Venom is good. It's the best rendition we've gotten of a Venom, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see how the two worlds would collide. The multiverse is an interesting theory as to how they could explain that. Because then they could introduce the Toby Spider-Man. If they wanted to, I doubt that would ever happen, but they could introduce the Toby god forbid andrew garfield so they could bring back the raimi spider-mans if they wanted to for like a little cameo or something they could yeah I, with the I shared universe existing and the multiverse being introduced later in the next two years and i the multiverse is going to be introduced either way around because you do have the x-men and the fantastic exactly Four and a million different things coming in anyways so we don't we don't know how those are going to play in but that, Chances I mean, are it will be the multiverse More than or likely, something. X-Men is going to have to be the multiverse. I could yeah. see them making Fantastic Four still in the same universe because that's not really mutants. It's yeah. more of a, it's, it's the basic origin story. Some yeah. weird chemical explosion, la di da da Astronauts going yeah. to space and this At, happens. Yeah, it's the very... XYZ occur. Yeah, it's the very up the same line. But the, I mean mutants as far as the x-men go have been present throughout history at least with the x-men storyline they've been in multiple different instances in history and you can't just be like oh yeah they were there shield didn't know about them iron man didn't know about them yeah god forbid captain america who has been alive for a hundred years didn't know about him and so this also excites me because with the multiverse this would be an excellent playing uh, playing ground for deadpool because he could Ooh. jump in and out of any dimension he wanted to, and it would make 100% sense. You do not know how bad I want to see a Spider-Man Deadpool movie. That would be unreal. With, I th- with Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds and Spider- Tom Holland playing, going back and forth, feeding off of each other's energy would be oh, so beautiful. It would be such a good movie. Or even if it was like a Disney Plus series. I don't care. He could even I rag wanna- on all the Sony crap that's been going on eventually. <laughs> Because that would, ha- I can see that happening. Because they even uh, in the first Deadpool movie, they uh, called out Green Lantern. Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's a completely different studio and different universe. Yeah, I mean, it. The only okay, first of all, and here's the the real. There are going to be some major plot holes in some of this story integration that they've been doing. Because Deadpool exists in the X-Men universe already. And if that X-Men is written off, how do we have the same Deadpool and a bunch of, you know, it's like, it's very weirdly structured. I am. They'll probably just not even try to explain it. Like they they did. I hope they don't. I really. With um, 
Homecoming with the uh, misprint of the eight years later time card, that was never answered. And so I feel that it's going to be something along those lines, you know? Yeah. I could see it. I, I hope, I mean, I there think many... they're better off just not explaining it because there's no one, not very many people are going to notice out there outside of the very small few being us and movie reviewers and whoever else out there that is really focused on these movies. No one's going to care. It's it's a very small detail that matters to just about nobody as long as the movie is amazing. Yeah. Which if they made a Deadpool Spider-Man movie, it would be incredible. Like I'm talking best buddy superhero movie of they all time. They could make an actual X-Force movie if they wanted to with X-Men <laughs> with Deadpool. <laughs> oh, that would be so- They have so Disney owns everything, man. I cannot get a my like I cannot wrap my head around how much content they have the ability to produce over the next 100 years. That's why I'm saying if they if both studios are not childish with this, they could create something beautiful that would probably never exist or even people think about existing. Sharing a universe? I'm that would be I mean it's not necessarily the same, but that would be along the lines of Disney and Warner Brothers partnering to do Avengers versus Justice League, which would be insane. But DC needs to get their act together, which they're slowly doing, but they, that's a whole different thing. That, I mean, DC, I... Shout out to Warner Brothers, though, because they don't have to deal with this whole rights bullcrap. Like, they have the rights to all of their characters. That's true. However, what they have done with said characters... Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, well, that may be another topic to talk about maybe Later. at the end of the episode, but some of the controversy surrounding the Joker movie is almost, like... It's outstanding to me that it yeah. is that is actually happening. That people are saying that the production of Joker makes it seem as if we are praising a villain. I don't know if people understand how movies work, but <laughs> I think they're just staying true to the it's comic the, character. It is the Joker. He is a murderer. They're staying true to the facade, though. They're not glorifying him in any sense. It would be a uh, comparable to movies like uh, that document the live or uh, that are biographies for serial killers yeah they're not I mean, praising the serial killers the they're, cre- they're creating the monster that these people actually are and trying to invoke the uh the rage and just the sheer uh, fear that these people instilled on society and it's, so the directors aren't in any way trying to uh exploit these acts of villainy that was well said i mean it is an origin story for a villain. A villain is the key word there. I mean, it's not a glorification. The Joker is not a nice guy. Yeah. And as, as much as y'all want it, a family-friendly Joker that you guys can take little Tommy, who's three years old, to watch, that's never going to happen. Come on, Karen. We got to take the kids. There's the, new, there's the new Joker movies out. And then sit them down in the, in, in the seats. And, oh, God, people are dying. What you know in the, the mo- world do these people make? You know the movie's rated R for a reason, right? Yeah, that's why ratings exist. So people at the front of the movie theater can stop me from getting into Straight Outta Compton when I was 17 years old. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... That was a little tangent. We're sorry. Yeah, apologies, but I needed to touch on that. Either way... You'll go- get your whole Joker spiel later in the week. We'll, yeah. We promise. That you have a guarantee that there will be a Joker episode upcoming very soon. Now, we've discussed Spider-Man. We've discussed how he will be brought and maybe his possible future with the 
multiverse in the MCU. But we have a whole phase four to discuss. This is an episode, people, where me and Muhammad... We're going to nerd the F out. We are top-of-the-line nerds about to sit here and talk about superheroes for an hour. And that's that's just what it is. We're going to do what we do at work, but just with microphones. Correct. This is, an, this is a very very accurate description of how we talk at work so if you ever need to see us on fridays just go up to work and we're talking about this either way starting phase four may 1st 2020 the very first movie the very first introduction of any care of anything we're going to see in phase four we have the black widow prequel which i am actually actually out of everything slated for phase four this is one of the things i'm looking forward to the most i'd probably say Actually, I don't know. There's there's a lot slated in Phase 4 that I'm going to be excited for. I think for. this was very long overdue. I agree. I think that they could have slated... They put, I think they could put this in, in between Civil War, maybe. Yeah. Somewhere after Civil War and before uh, Infinity War, because I, per, I just think it may have given more emotion towards Black Widow's death. In, in the characterize her more. Yes. It, it makes you almost uh, feel for the character more, because her... I think her death in Endgame, outside of regular fans, like people that are, are with regular fans at least, they didn't feel it nearly as much as they felt Iron Man's because they had... You only see Natasha in the movies. Iron Man's had three solo films just about him. And he's a main focal point of all the other movies he's in. Yeah. Outside of, I guess, Homecoming, which he's in for like 15 minutes. But outside of that, any Avengers movie, he is... Him and Captain America essentially back and forth with the focus around them and it's normally around tony so he when he died it was a much and he not only that but he built the mcu essentially yeah and so when he died it was a much bigger deal than when black widow died i think if they released this movie even maybe in a spot like captain marvel but just a little bit before endgame that way it just gives some tone to it you know yeah i feel like it's just it's maybe i think maybe the reason they held off on it is they knew after uh, Far From Home they were going to have a very big gap in the time before they release another movie where we see somebody that we know. Yeah. Because the next newly produced story is Doctor Strange. And he isn't even a main, main character. Yeah, he's he is, a later addition. He's still a secondary hero in the eye of the Avengers, I guess. So, But as far as uh, the, the newest film with a, uh, with a previously an original founding member of the Avengers team... That's going to be Thor, Love and Thunder, which is coming out uh, in November of 2021. That is a very, very long time. So I'm honestly really excited for this film. It's described to be a, uh, a spy thriller. And so I think be it's fun. been compared to Jason Bourne, uh, like the Bourne films. And so I'm pretty excited for that. Disney's branching out. They are making their films a little bit different. And I, I'm all here for that because... The, oh I, yeah, just looking at this entire slate right now, where we have the uh, entire Phase Four roster pulled up, and so it's definitely a lot more obscure than what we're used to seeing, you know? Yeah, and we're we're gonna see certain storylines that don't align with like a typical superhero movie, where I don't think it's gonna be as simple as this fight, this fight, this fight, and maybe a little bit of subplot to it. Yeah, but I think we're gonna be seeing a better integrated, see more depth. Yes, a little bit more of a storytelling side of things. And I'm excited. I'm all for that. Oh, I'm more character pieces. The more I'm in, I am pumped for that, especially with something like the Eternals that's being released in November 2020. 
which is the first, I guess, origin film that we're going to have in Phase 4. Yeah. The first new, okay, there we go, first new character film in Phase 4, which is The Eternals, which I don't know everything about. I know a decent amount about them. So, as far as what I have uh, read up on, The Eternals are um, the third breed that the Celestials created. And the Celestials are these godlike beings who uh, were existent at the dawn of time and so uh, they were basically bored with life and so they scoured the universe looked for uh, different planets where life was present and so as, as like a hobby they tested on these creatures and so whenever they found earth they um when in uh testing these uh creatures they ended up creating three species they created the humans the mutants and the eternals and so the humans are your run-of-the-mill people, uh, like me and Cole recording right now. The mutants will hopefully. I don't know if this movie will introduce it because this uh, was in. Well, this was slated a lot before the Marvel Fox it's acquisition. A, well, I mean, this is a prequel too, isn't this? this I is, think so. Yeah, because under certain definitions or under certain storylines, I guess the Eternals aren't necessarily supposed to be alive, you know, not to, yeah, not to spoil any possible endings to the Eternals, because I think it's really more, I think the Eternals is basically going to be an introduction to the next big villain in Marvel. I hope it's Galactus. There you go. I want it to be Galactus so bad because that is the only way you can top Thanos. I think the world killer is going to be, he eats planets. Thanos could only, throw bits and pieces of a planet but he he acquires his sustenance like this is his bread and butter literally and he for those of you who don't know who galactus is he's not the cloud you saw in fantastic four two i can guarantee you that he he's gonna be the big the big big bad and that's that's with the fantastic four likely being introduced with the x-men being introduced assumingly you have to have a villain that is massive. Like it, they're it, going a lot more cosmic, and so they need a villain that will fit that cosmic proportion. And I mean, especially when you have somebody like Captain Marvel still in your universe, who is basically Superman. Yeah, and you have to have some. You need her match. Yeah, you need to find somebody that's going to fight her and fight people of that same ability, and that's Galactus, which I'm assuming is what Eternals is going to be about. With the cast that Eternals has too. I don't see that as it a is cast. insane. I don't think that... Well, what I was going to go with that is because of how good that cast is and how like packed it is. They have Kit Harrington. They have... Uh, is his name Richard Madden? Is that the guy who plays? I think so. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I want to say Richard Madden. That could be wrong. But the guy who plays Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. They have Angelina him. Jolie. They have John Johnny Cho. Brian which is, Tyree, uh, Brian Tyree uh, Hill. I think that's his name. Yes. This cast is so star-studded and so A-list all around. I think there's no way they can sustain that for more than one movie. So, I just do not know how they're going to, uh, I, I guess, develop these characters. Because, I mean, at I most, it's going to be a two-hour, two-hour, 15, two-hour, 20 film. So That's what I That's generally what, I'm gonna, what I see this movie becoming. The Russos becoming. could do it, so I have faith. The Russos can do anything. The the Russos are the real. I'm not sure who the director is on this film, but I'm pretty sure they'll do a fantastic job. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be really interesting because that is that's gonna just that's one going to explain a lot of the cosmic background, which I don't see this more of a character development, more of a cosmic story development. Oh yeah, the the Eternals were the uh, 
they were the third race or species that the celestials created and these are same th- there's they're i think equivalent or a little bit beneath celestials so they're godlike beings with superpowers and so they look beneath the other species and so i feel that it's going to uh just spectate their lives and how much more superior they think they are i agree and i mean i don't see it being a necessarily a character development yeah. developing film or developing film considering how many characters there are and how much i don't see there being a second movie to the eternals i'm just excited to see all these actors feed off of each other man it's gonna be awesome especially with people like angelina you have angelina i'm so excited for that i am really really interested to see her in a superhero movie i am she is not she just does not poke me as like a superhero actress i don't know why i don't know if that's me looking at things incorrectly but but seeing her name attached to this thing this I, i this film is so out of the blue for her to be i would expect her to be in something else well everybody honestly. everybody wants a piece of the mcu now so this is everybody her name attached to it as a head turner yeah everybody everybody wants a part of the mcu every single every single actress and actor out there wants i some need keanu of... reeves in this keanu reeves is gonna come i don't know where i don't know what spot keanu reeves just shows up at but that will certain maybe he'll show up in shang chi that could be interesting but um we skipped um falcon and the winter soldier that is going to take place, I think, right after Endgame. And so it's going to... Uh, it's going to pick up with... They're uh, going to uh, bring back Baron Zemo. He was... Interesting. Yeah. And so, the computer. Yeah. Interesting. No, he's... Oh, no, not the no, computer. No, he's uh, Zemo the, is... Uh, he's the villain. In, yeah, Civil War guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're going to bring him back, and so he's going to be the big bad. And I think this is... I From what I heard, it's not going to be Falcon immediately as Captain America. It's going to be him on his way to achieving his uh right to become captain america i can i can see that especially because i don't think sam is a person that immediately starts dressing like he he has to feel like he he needs to earn it exactly i feel especially with cap being one of his best friends and everything with that story arc i don't see sam immediately taking up the mantle i see him almost looking at the shield like i can see it as one of those things where he's trying to be a superhero without the shield yeah it's just like sitting in his closet and they build through the story of him maybe one day like getting closer to actually taking up the mantle and that will be very interesting i loved i'm gonna love seeing bucky outside of captain america yeah. that'll be really cool to see him as an actual It'll character be in his own it's Absolutely. gonna be a buddy cop show that's oh, exactly yeah. what it's I'm gonna s- be and I'm so excited a buddy cop superhero show sounds awesome and i'm really ready for it i expect ooh, the scene in the, the scene in captain america in civil war where they're in the car <laughs> can you mean for seat up no <laughs> It sets it up perfectly. It really does. If it shows you how this entire series is going to be likely. But after the Eternals, we move on to Shang-Chi, which is... And the Legend of the Ten Rings. Do not forget that subscript. Now, why the Ten Rings is significant. We missed out on a very... Um, crucial. Important. Yeah, crucial is a great way to put it. We, we missed out on a very crucial uh, detail. In our, we didn't, but Marvel did in Iron Man 3. And that was the deception of who we were all fooled to believe was the Mandarin. We were told he was the Mandarin. He even said he was the Mandarin, but he turned out to be an actor. And everyone was pissed off. Everyone was outraged because it was a... uh, It didn't do it. It didn't do the Mandarin justice. I mean, I'll put it this way. Far From Home was a very good movie because they took a great spider-man all-time villain of mysterio somebody that everyone knows 
Spidey fights with all the time. It's, I mean, since the beginning of Spider-Man, essentially. That is what the Mandarin is supposed to be. When you think about Mandarin, you think of Iron Man. Exactly. And that's what the Mandarin is supposed to be to Iron Man. Iron Man 3 was a complete disservice to the villain that is supposed to be the Mandarin. Yes, 100%. And the Legend of the Ten Rings, the Ten Rings is what the Mandarin is associated with. Am I I'm yes. correct in that? Yeah. yeah. And they're they're called the Makulan rings. And so I did they, not know that word. Yes. But, yeah. um, but they're I feel the best way to compare them, they are lower scaled infinity stones. Yeah. And so I feel that is going to follow uh, him trying to prevent the Mandarin of uh, from acquiring all these rings. And Shang Chi is known as the best fighter in the entire Marvel universe. Not just the world, but the Marvel Universe. And so I am so on and I'm so down for a full-on Kung Fu movie because... Oh, that would be awesome. This, yeah. Like if it was just... In t- if it was structured like almost like Rush Hour. Or where, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or uh, vice versa. Anything with Jackie yeah. Chan in it basically. Or Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, either one either way, but... Uh, Bruce, <laughs> it'd be amazing if they could just get a Bruce Bruce Lee lookalike to Dude, play I'd, this I want role. Jackie Chan in this, man. Jackie Chan would be, a, I think he'd be like a good second, maybe like a uh, like a cameo. Yeah. Just like um, It's almost one of those scenes where he comes out and he's just like, hey. <laughs> they could, they honestly could have made Jackie Chan Shang-Chi and he will do his own stunts. He has still done all of his own stunts to this Jackie day. Jackie Chan may be a bit old to play Shang-Chi. You know, but I wouldn't mind. Where, do you know what time period the legend or Shang-Chi is set in? I really do not know. It that'll be interesting either way around. But um, I'm looking forward to Shang Chi. I think it's a very, as I've said before, I think this is another step into the diversification of how Disney is going about producing yeah. their movies and making them a bit different than our. Because I mean, I love Marvel with all of my heart, literally all of my heart. But their movies are pretty cookie cutter in essence like they they all follow the same map if that makes sense they're all very you have the introduction of the character and why he decided to fight you have the incident that happens that makes him want to fight and then oh no somebody that he may or may not know gets the same superpower as him and then they fight and then the good guy wins and all that stuff but they're 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 hitting a different line they're introducing new characters they're going more into what i think the comic realm allows them to do which is oh yeah branch out of the uh hyper realism i guess is what i would call it which is stuff maybe maybe it's not something as simple as iron man where it's almost believable but to move further out of that and to get into the stuff that it would be a little bit more difficult. It's going to be a lot more obscure from here on. Yeah, less less vis- like it's not going to be something that you could see yourself going through <laughs> exactly. You're going to have to throw away realism at this point. I would agree. I, and I think that was a good ending as far as how they set that how they uh sent that away. How they ended with the realism. Yeah. They took the characters that highlighted it the most. After that we are going to uh, the next Disney Plus show, which is titled WandaVision. It will follow the characters Wanda Maximoff. Which and, is Scarlet Witch. And Vision. Which no is last Vision. Name. <laughs> and so uh, the way that Actually, said, he may have a last name because Thor in Age of Ultron calls him The Vision. Okay, so first name The, last <laughs> name Vision. Yes. Um, but the way that this is detailed to be structured it's uh said to be as compared it's said to be like a sitcom 
with a bunch of other aspects to it. And so uh, they say it's going to be the most weird show that they're ever going to create so far. And um, it's also going to reveal or exploit how Wanda becomes the Scarlet Witch. And that I'm pumped to see because I personally don't believe that they showed any type of... I think there was maybe two or three scenes in all of Star- Scarlet Witch's character so far that highlights how powerful she is. I honestly feel that we've seen more of her power than we have of Scarlet Witch, or um, Captain Marvel, I mean. And it's kind of making me believe that Scarlet Witch is the most powerful. I, I think that logically you could make that argument. Captain Marvel, I just don't they know. They are in different playing fields. Because so. Captain Marvel is a very cosmic. Like, yeah. I, it would be very hard to see them fight each other because I don't know which would win because I don't know how they would fight against each other because they their abilities are almost the same but different. Yeah. It, it's weird. You but, throw in cosmic in there and then all just sense of reality is thrown out the window. Either way, Scarlet Witch was created with an Infinity Stone. Literally an Infinity Stone. Yeah. Made by one. So she is... She was powerful enough to destroy an Infinity Stone. She could have murked Thanos. She really could have, which is... She was I, going to. She was tearing him apart, like physically tearing him apart before he decided to nuke the rest of his army. And, I mean, that was that was a great scene, too, to be honest. Where yeah. she was, it's, I mean, it's been memed, but where she comes back out, she's like, you destroyed... Uh, or you, you, took, you took everything yeah, I You love. took everything I have or everything I love or something something like that but she says that and Thanos goes I don't even know who you are <laughs> yeah and then she goes you will and basically almost kills him and then he saves himself by like I said killing half of his army but I would love to see how powerful she is and I hope they don't mess up the whole sitcom thing is that's my best hope is that really don't know much about it but I'm still excited it's just supposed to be half sitcom half super dramatic yeah which sounds honestly if I heard that on any other line it would sound bad <laughs> Just how it's drawn up, it yeah. just sounds bad, but it's Disney, so I have my faith in them. And it's also Scarlet Witch, so I'll watch whatever they make. Moving on to one of my, it may be my favorite announcement, if not my second. The like as we mentioned earlier, the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which outside of the multiverse, outside of it being Doctor Strange, has one huge point to it. It is the first ever horror movie in the MCU. And I, the villain is Nightmare. I am pumped to see what the MCU can manage to do with a horror aspect of a movie. Because they're going to keep it PG-13, I assume, at least. And maybe they go into R. I highly doubt it. But even if, they, even if they're in PG-13, they have a lot of ability to, as to how they can scare the hell out of audiences. Yeah. I want to see it happen. I want to walk out terrified. I'm excited because Scott Derrickson, who's the who's the director of the first Doctor Strange and going to be this uh, the director for the second one, he is a horror director and a writer. So he wrote Sinister, um, The Exorcism, a uh, bunch of movies. So this is more of his cup of tea. So I am so excited to see what he's going to do because those visuals from the first movie blew my mind, and I did not expect to I see I loved that. Doctor Strange 1. Yeah. I loved Doctor Strange 1. The scene where it's the ancient one fighting Kaecilius is his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. I am so impressed I remembered that name as well as I did. But um, when they're fighting, 
when all of the buildings around them are yeah. bending. It's the scene where the Ancient One dies, Yeah, but where they're fighting and they're stand- It's I am just sitting it there. It took a like, kaleidoscope and put it on the camera. It's so insane. I'm watching the entire thing, thinking, like, trying to figure out if I'm actually like, tripping or not. It, it, it's... It's what I envision LSD is like, is watching Doctor Strange. I was super excited for that one. Following that will be the Loki miniseries. It is going to be on Disney+, and it is going to follow what Loki is doing right after he transports himself out of um, Avengers Endgame. Because we see them time travel back to 2012 to acquire the three Infinity Stones in New York, and things go wrong. He acquires the Tesseract, and then he just blips out of there. The way that happens in Endgame is so, is so funny. It's so great. They give Honey a uh, Honey. They give Tony a, uh, a, heart, a attack. heart attack, basically, or he goes into cardiac arrest, and he drops the case. And then Loki just picks it up, and he, <laughs> he looks, and he, then he looks around, picks it up, and just disappears. And then, and uh, the original reason it happened too is because the the case slides across because of Hulk, right? Yeah, Hulk busts through the door or whatever. And the case goes slow. It's just a funny scene, regardless. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's going to follow what he's up to. And so this is not the Loki we're used to, where he has developed and become a well-rounded citizen. This is the Loki who is an asshole and who is willing to dance with the devil and con you in any sense of the way in order to better his life. I'm so sad about that. I, lo- I think it's really good how Loki, our Loki, his story ended. Yeah. I think it shows how... I guess the his character couldn't help most of what he used to do, mm-hmm. but even in his final moments, he he was essentially willing to die for yeah. his brother. Which maybe is a we really might cool see ending. that in this. He'll most he'll definitely develop throughout this. I don't see him being a static character, but I'm intrigued to see where they go with this flick. After that, will be another Disney Plus show. This one's gonna be awesome. I am if I am not, I'm so excited for this mo- uh, for this production. It is what if. What if is a uh, it's a comic series that they do, and so it takes certain aspects of a storyline and it just tweaks a little bit of it to see how it would unfold in a different light. And so uh, they already have ideas that they've uh, released to the public. And so I believe for Captain America's movie, uh, by the way, for this show, they are doing twenty three episodes. It is going to follow each and every Marvel film that they have done so far. So every episode is going to follow a Marvel film that they have done. So we will see it for everyone. And the original actors are coming back to reprise their roles. Yep. It's a cartoon and they can do anything. They can go as crazy as they want. It's not going to be sky is the limit. It's not going to be something people take serious. It is going to be the biggest fan service thing I've ever seen independently developed i guess where they may they're making this for the sole purpose of making fans happy yeah because we're gonna revisit all of the original movies and the entire storyline and we're just gonna see things done differently it's gonna be really cool I what really, i saw is that uh for captain america's they're going to see what if peggy, peggy was got Cap- the super yeah. soldier serum so really excited for this that'll be really cool and then we move on to the third thor or the fourth thor movie which is the only movie in the mcu that's actually going to receive a fourth I guess aside from Avengers, which, but yeah, there's never been another only solo character. Yeah, there's only another, there's never been another solo character set a fourth movie, but Thor: Love and Thunder, Taika 
Waititi, 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 something in that regard. Regardless, he's back directing the movie. Ragnarok was a masterpiece because of him. They made Thor enjoyable, which he was not in the first two films. Not in even the slightest. I mean, Thor 1 and 2 were just letdowns at the best. (laughs) I'm pretty sure because of Ragnarok's success, that is the only reason why they wanted to make a fourth one. Well, not only that, but that's the only reason that uh, Natalie Portman came back. I will tell you that right now. She saw Thor 3 released and was pissed she wasn't a part of it actually doing well. So she came back to get a little bit of the fun. And she's going to be Thor. I mean, I don't know. Some people out there hate that. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. They didn't. I mean, they're going to, they want to continue the character of Thor. And so the thing with comics and they're, definitely delving more into the comic aspects with these movies and so characters are coming in and now different people are picking up the roles you're seeing this with falcon with she hulk coming america she hulk hawkeye with the miniseries coming up and now with thor everything's changing it just makes a little sense. bit i'm all for it honestly oh i'm so pumped too because not okay first of all maybe a little bit not in the sphere of comic related i'm practically in love with natalie portman to begin with when i see her shooting lightning at people I may propose to her, like, on spot. Just bust out a ring in the movie theater and start proposing to a screen. But regardless, it's going to be really cool to see the transition of Thor to... I, what, I'm i assuming she's still Jane. That's my... Yeah. I, I don't necessarily know how it's going to work, especially after a year. Maybe Thor is going to figure out that the only thing that really made him happy was Jane, and he goes She'll back to her. find a way to be worthy of Mjolnir, and then... Do you think that Thor dies here? I can't see him. Maybe, but also another thing that could happen, but it would completely digress his character, but it's happened in the comics, so I'm just going off of that. They could make him an Odin figure. Like become so, king. And so he yeah. just resides in Asgard, and that's just how they write him off. But in Endgame, they kind of went along the route of saying that he wants to be his own person, and he doesn't want to be what other people envision him being. So that would just completely backtrack his character arc, which I can't see them doing. So I am interested in how they're going to play out the uh, end of his lineage. Because I know he's only signed on for two more movies. And so that's Thor 4 and then probably Guardians 3. That would be my guess. And I don't really know where that's going to even pick up. Because if Thor 4 happens before Guardians 3, which as of right now is what's slated to happen. Because Guardians, we don't have a... We don't have a date on Guardians 3 at all. That's probably Phase 5, which is later. I just I don't know how they're going to make that happen, personally. But even even if he's not, if he's, if he's slated for two more movies, he could be a part of the next Avengers. Because if he is, he's the leader, obviously. I mean, if he's if he is alive, he's the leader. Yeah. As, as of right now, from what I can tell. And I'm interested to see how they do it. I'm really excited to see Natalie Portman and Jane's character shift into Thor and how they do that, really. Because... Technically speaking, Odin has on the record said whoever is worthy of or uh, whoever may be worthy can wield the power of Thor with this yeah. inner, with Mjolnir essentially. So you saw that with Captain America. Yeah, so Captain America sh- could shoot lightning and made the best cinematic moment ever. Maybe not, definitely yeah. not, but very happy moment. And so Natalie Portman's definitely get some moment, probably even more worthy than that. I don't know what she is going to have to do. Some incredible stuff, though. They haven't Captain Vic- America dedicated like hundreds of years. To- yeah, but the first two Thor movies didn't really do much of a service to her character, so it's going to be they're going to have to 
play catch up with it'll, her character. It'll be interesting. But that means we will be able to see a continuation of Thor, which is yeah, going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I love Chris Hemsworth. So yeah. Very excited. Chris Hemsworth's awesome. I think that we finally got... I think that since is uh, the best rendition of Thor was so late in his character arc, yeah. it's good that he's getting to That's why he out. stayed as the character, too, because he lo- he didn't want to play this the same boring drab character. And so... And, uh, incorporating the uh, the comedic aspect mm-hmm. with his character really uh it made it more him yeah mm-hmm. and so that's why in endgame they they stepped it up even more and they made him bro thor which i was I, I i had my my thoughts on but i i think that bro thor would have been very good if they had gone back to infinity war status at the fight yeah when they had their chance when he calls in the two hammers if he just magically just got back shredded in. And his hair got cut. Even if his hair didn't get cut, I'd still be okay with it. Yeah. But back to Infinity War, like absolute menace, Thor. I'd be, I'd be okay with it. I would. Yeah. I, that would have been my. That's the. That is literally the only critique I have about Endgame. Yeah. By the way, that is the singular critique is that they don't switch back in that spot. I like Bro Thor though. I like his introduction. I like him being in the movie. I think he's a really good spot in that movie to show that even superheroes can be really depressed and. Yeah, how the world can even beat them. I, I thought they played that very well to yeah. show his um his PTSD. Exactly, and it's a very good story arc. I just think that it would have been slightly better if he comes back yeah. at the beginning of the fight. I don't. Outside of that, I have not literally not a single critique about that movie. But that's Thor: Love and Thunder. We close out Phase Four with Hawkeye, which is probably going to be the story of him training either the his next daughter Hawkeye. or I mean they've teased his daughter as being the next Hawkeye. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's going to be his daughter. So it's going to follow that and him training the next, uh, his predecessor. Yeah, and that will essentially close out Phase 4 without an Avengers movie. Which, which I'm is, honestly fine with. I think is what we need. Because I think I think the biggest thing right now is we need to distance ourselves from the originals. We need to realize that that's no more. That is not the Avengers anymore. Yeah. And then as we go, they can start building the team. And they will have crossover events where I know I know that Scarlet Witch is supposed to be in the Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange. Yeah. She's supposed to be in that movie. So I'm sure they're going to have more of that where they where you see characters inserting themselves into different movies related to the MCU. Disney Plus is going to help out so much with this uh, weaving. In it's going to accelerate it, too. I think that we yeah. won't have to wait as long to see certain things introduced. I'm all for it. I, no, I'm absolutely here I for it. I will give you all of my money. As long as Disney does well as far as production value of these of these movies on Disney Plus, or of these shows on Disney Plus, and they invest the same type of, I want to say, cinematic experience that the movies have provided... On the show, I don't. I, I basically just don't want to see the. I don't want to see the movies have been doing really good and look really good, and then the shows, the polar opposite, where they look like they're cheap and haven't been done very well. But if they follow the line that they have been doing and they play very well during the shows, I think it's great. And the reason I think it's going to happen, and the reason I think it's good, is because there's one man above all, the king of the world, who I trust to control all of this. He's the coordinator, the master, essentially the MCU god. And his name is Kevin Feige. You guys can stop clapping now. <laughs> but late, earlier this week, it was reported that not only is he still going to continue developing all the story arcs and everything for Disney Marvel, he is also 
going to procure a Star Wars film, maybe even set up the next uh, franchise for Star Wars. So he's basically going, as he is known as Kevin Feige of the Marvel Universe, he is now going to be known as Kevin Feige of the Star Wars Universe. Not, okay, I, I, I don't know how many times I need to say this, but Disney owns everything, it, and it gets more clearly stated as many times as we record, but Kevin Feige gaining control of the Star Wars universe is incredible. This I, just sets them on another level that they keep surpassing. They just keep they're, jumping. They're breaking barriers like it's nothing. They're discovering new things. It's amazing. The only thing I'm mad about Kevin Feige joining the Star Wars team it is that it late. didn't happen sooner. Yeah. If he had been in sooner, maybe there's some certain situations we could have prevented. Like but Last that's, Jedi, the entire movie. That's okay. There are not the entire movie. There's like two scenes in that movie that I love. The rest I hate. But that's off topic. Regardless, Kevin Feige is a mastermind, an incredibly talented individual. I don't know how he does it. I honestly don't. When you're balancing as many stories, I mean, it's it's almost like if someone asked you to go through everything you've done for college or for school even, because considering how much the Marvel Universe offers – and making all of it one collective. Every paper you've ever written. And, and just tying it all together. And tying it all together and making it a collective and making it work perfectly. And he does it. I don't know. Maybe it's his hats. His hats maybe give him superpowers. Maybe it's like, uh, what's what's the cartoon character of the floating brain? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, not maybe, maybe It's not like a floating brain, but it's... I'm only thinking about Sheen from uh, <laughs> Jimmy Neutron when he gets we'll the We'll go with brain. Sheen for right now. I know who I'm talking about, but I can't think of the name. Either way, he's he's a mastermind. It's absolutely incredible watching him connect certain things, especially on screen when you see it happen and you're like, that's, yeah. oh, that's how that and that. It's, done, it's been done very, very like, well. All credit goes to this man because he has literally done the impossible. He has done... He created the formula that so many other studios try to recreate, but they're just so unsuccessful. Um, uh, what is it? Legendary's trying to do it with their MonsterVerse. Mm-hmm. DC tried, fell right on their face, and then they realized they're going to go at it their own way. The DC Universe is a direct reaction to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it is a cataclysmic failure. Everyone wants a cinematic universe, man, and it's. I think it's hey, a mistake. I think that you can't replicate the astronomical success that Marvel has had with it. Not necessarily because I think that you don't have the characters to do so, but you, one, don't have Kevin Feige, which, whatever, genius. That aside, I you don't... You have to spend time. It doesn't work for everybody. And you have to be willing to play the very, very slow game. I mean, it was, what, uh, 11 years between Iron Man 1 and Endgame, but 11 even, years even of character Iron development. Man, they were probably trying to fit the parts as to where all this is going to work mm-hmm. and how it is going. Because I feel that they weren't seeing the, uh, the growth that this entire franchise would attain after Avengers. Because Avengers was the test. Mm-hmm. And they passed. With flying colors. Avengers was something that no one has ever seen done before. Because if that didn't work, we probably would not be having a Phase 4 right now. We wouldn't be having a Phase 2, let, or yeah. maybe a Phase 3. But the whole thing is, is that 
the Avengers was something that was never had never been done before. Yeah, never accomplished. No one has ever made solo movies across five different characters or four different characters at that point, and tying them together and tying them all together to create another movie and another franchise. The Avengers is it's, it's a standalone. It's not the other. I mean, it's not just another movie. It's it's its own franchise. And they have built it into such a perfect picture where... And constantly building, uh, setting up uh, different movies throughout these movies. Because they're not just... I mean, they are focusing pretty... Uh, they are focusing a decent amount of the time and plot on these characters that the movies are about. But they're also setting up so many different sequels and different uh, storylines. Yeah, and Avengers I, Endgame set up so much for the Phase Four while being a conclusion to the entire Infinity Saga. Exactly, and that's the thing that other companies can't do correctly is they could. They, they well, they rush it. That's the yeah. thing is they don't want to spend the money and the time and the development behind how long it takes because to they actually, want to make a quick buck. Exactly, they don't want to take the time that it, that is needed to set up such a successful universe. And Marvel's at that point where they can make a quick buck. Because of the amount of time they spent. Exactly. It's paid out perfectly. Yeah. There, there's never a better example of it. I mean, look at some of the Disney Plus shows that are being created of characters that they've already essentially written off from their main storyline. Yeah. That is uh, that is what you would call a quick buck, but people are going to watch it and people are going to enjoy it because they're invested in these characters that you have built over 10, 11, 12 years at the time that these are being released. I don't think it's of any any company's best interest to try and replicate this. I think you because find they don't you, have the patience. Exactly. I think you find your own way, and even if and I don't think everything has to be a cinematic universe. Yeah. I think that standalone films do great on their own. I I know this Joker that we're going to be seeing on Thursday is going to blow my expectations out of the water, and but they're it's already its very thing. high, and they're, it's its own thing. Do they need to make a Batman movie, or do they need to throw in? Uh, Ben Affleck in that movie to tie it into some greater scheme? No. It's its own movie. And you find your success. And that's the one thing that scares me about the MCU. The only thing that I wish the MCU didn't do is, as much as I love it, it's killed independent movies. Yeah. Ind- indie movies, essentially, is what you can call I mean, is what they call them. But it's killed the idea of director creativity to where people were going unless you're someone like quentin tarantino or steven spielberg and you can still make do your own thing yeah you can or martin scorsese where you can still make these big movies on your own and people are going to go see them now you have studios breathing down your neck making sure that you follow their platform and it's going to branch off in the way that they see it because they're not focused on just one movie they're focused on multiple pictures exactly that's why so many actors on signed on for multiple picture deals exactly and everything's a sequel or a prequel or you know an add-on it's just which gets i do agree it gets very tiring yeah it's oversaturated i think that some movies and this is one thing that i love about tarantino or scorsese movies where it's and even some Spielberg movies where it's a one and done where you write a story and maybe it's a two and a half hour, three hour movie. It's a long movie, but it's one story. And you don't see me waiting for a Pulp Fiction two. Exactly. You're, you're at the end of it. You feel complete. Yeah. You may have loved the movie and it may be the most rewatchable movie ever. I mean, I've, you can watch Inglorious Bastards or Pulp Fiction or, uh, Reservoir Dogs or, uh, the Departed. You can watch all those movies just over and over and over again, and you never get bored because you're satisfied. Because you're satisfied. But when you have movies like 
for, and I don't want to like hate on DC too much here, but I think they're a good example of it. DC has tried so hard to build movies that connect to others. They have killed what I would call the rewatchability for them. You're not invested in the movie you're watching, but the universe it follows. And I think that's a mistake. I think you need to be invested in the entire process for it to genuinely work. You need to love the character of the movie you're watching. You need to love the movie itself. And you need to love the universe it's a part of. And that's with Disney. I think they're the only people that can successfully do that. And I would love to see other companies throw in competitors in the box office of movies that are independently made and not necessarily a sequel or another add-on to an original movie. Where, and I mean, even today we're having a big resurgence of people trying to remake movies or a newer version I hate of them. It so much. I want to see new ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see something that they I do haven't... not need to remake the Lion King. Exactly. The Lion King was amazing. It, it was. And it, it was made in like what 1991 or something like that. Yes, and it was a genuinely and it's flawless still movie. To this day, stands the testament of time. Exactly. And so they never needed to make a live-action remake. And they're going to make a live-action remake of uh, Little The Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Yeah. They don't need to do all these things. I just... I, I think what they're doing is we grew up with The Little Mermaid and Lion King the way that they were, that uh, they were created back then. But they're wanting to make a quick buck, and they're wanting to make new originals for the kids growing up now so that The Lion King that just came out can be that kid's Lion King, you know? He yeah. grew up with that. I see what you're saying. I just wish they they're would... Seeing, they're trying to see the longevity of these films like they saw with the other movies. I wish they would do it in cartoon form, personally. Yeah. I hate the idea of live action, like making a cartoon that's meant to be a cartoon it live action. It holds them back. I agree. Not only that, but over-digitalized CGI is... I, I don't love it too much. The MCU does it better than most, but most movies nowadays have a ton of CGI. I'm a fan of practicality. In, same. Like, uh, did you watch Mad Max Fury Road? Uh, yes, yes. All of the stunts in there were, I think, about 95% practical effects. Which is, that's good. And it, it looks authentic to the degree of, yeah, sure, you may know some things are fake and obviously didn't happen, but it, the movie itself just looks more, it's its DNA is more authentic, I guess is what you can say. And it it grounds you more in reality. Yeah, and it doesn't catch you off. I mean, because it sticks out like a sore thumb if the uh, CGI or computer effects are bad. Aquaman and a half. But <laughs> but I agree with you that uh, Disney kind of ruined it for these other film franchises and independent movies because they've instilled this phrase in everyone's head, what's next? Exactly. And I don't think there needs to be a next for everything. Because if, I mean, I'm, I'm happy it didn't, but if Marvel ended with Endgame, it would be such a it would be such a fulfilling conclusion to the entire Marvel universe. I agree. There's a few things they need to maybe tweak a little bit at the end, but outside of that, those the grand scheme of things. The though. grand scheme is a complete storyline, and there doesn't have to be another another thing. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. You don't have to continue just because you made money off of it or because it was successful. But that's why they're continuing. But that's why they, they continue. Because they want to keep making money. Because they want to keep making money. And uh, But the MCU is the perfect version of it where it's still decent. Like, as they yeah. go, even their bad movies are at least okay. Whereas Still multi-million dollar flicks. Exactly. And I, I don't know. I guess my general statement on it is, is I wish that there was a formula that allowed people to still create movies that are original while coexisting with big market films like the Black Panthers and the Thors and the Iron Mans and the 
Batmans and the Supermans and everything that's contiguous. You know, I just I wish it was more. I, I guess it, I just I wish it allowed more diversity in the, I agree. in the film market. Where I mean, even something like John Wick, which is a that, that's a new film franchise, but even they had a second and a third and a fifth and a twenty fourth. But they're not trying to tie it with other yeah, franchises. No, it's just one. It's one line. The first John Wick could have ended it. And it would have been such a great film. Exactly, and I mean, I, I and maybe, it would have left, and it would have left you fulfilled. Maybe that's what I just want to see: is more standalone films, or at least at the bare minimum, standalone franchises. I agree. Which is that's that's my general statement on how the MCU impacts the the rest of the world. I in, agree. In, as far as the film industry and the TV industry, but as I said, this episode was in celebration. We were originally talking about Spider-Man and how the man himself is back in the MCU. We are more than happy. And it probably gave me the best Friday I've ever had in my life. And I've had some pretty good Fridays, but not as good as this one, man. It was fantastic. I mean, it was it was like winning a war, <laughs> probably. I've... <laughs> I've never personally won a war, so I could not necessarily say that's what it felt like. You beat a video game. Same. Y- there we go. It's beating a video game. I I just uh, I was thrilled to see the reports that he was back in. I'm thrilled to see the future of the MCU, and I'm thrilled to see the future of movie entertainment and where everything goes with the MCU progressing and hopefully with the resurgence of independent filmmaking. I I love movies up and down. The whole you know the Keanu Reeves clip where he's like, I love films. I love making them. I love watching them. Yeah, I, that's you. That's me. That's me too. Yeah, I mean, I I love movies up and down the list. I know Muhammad does, and Braden does too. We wish he could have joined us. Exactly. We have an empty chair to our rights or to Muhammad's front. I guess would be the better way of saying it. But we Braden could not be here today. He was of the. Uh, Sinister clutch. He was he was held in the sinister clutches of La Hacienda Ranch in Colleyville. Yes, and, and in order for Sony to give up Tom Holland, there had to be a great exchange made that we can only announce just now that Braden Moreno was exchanged. And <laughs> I mean, y'all probably could have told that he wasn't here throughout the <laughs> duration of this episode, but yeah, they give a formal uh, realization. Either way, Braden wasn't here, but. <laughs> Everybody here at Mix and Match Radio loves movies and loves everything about them. I, I honestly try to see as many movies as I can on opening night. and but Just because I love the atmosphere of being in a movie theater on opening night. Yeah. Where everybody's there. The anticipation the anticipation's high. No one's seen it yet. And no one's going to be on their phone. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. Ta- you're, ta- you're with the real crowd, I guess is what I would say. It is my biggest pet peeve in the world. When people are on their phones in the movie theater. Really? And when they talk during a movie, just because it sets me off. Because you're watching this, you paid for it, you're all there to enjoy it. And why are you asking me questions when you could be paying attention to the movie yourself? Oh, that is the biggest thing. When someone's like, who's the bad guy? (laughs) That's why, honestly, I prefer watching movies alone. Unless, I I don't disagree as far as home comfort. I've, I don't. I'm trying to think if I've ever been to a movie alone in a movie theater. Maybe, I have maybe a couple. One. It's pretty enjoyable. But if I'm with people that I trust will actually be yeah. quiet with it, I don't mind. Because I trust you're, you. You're, I appreciate your trust, Muhammad. I trust you as well, greatly, especially in the atmosphere of movies. But um, 
as long as I'm with somebody who I know won't be on their phone or anything or won't be asking me excessive amounts of questions relating to everything in history, in the history of the world, I am okay to see it with them. Movies are a great time for everybody. And I, I genuinely love seeing them, but today was a very fun episode. You got to see me and Muhammad or Muhammad and I, nerd out harder than we ever have on live radio or it's not live radio recorded radio but <laughs> uh it was a lot of fun so let us know if you guys enjoyed this episode if you enjoyed some of the dialogue we have i know this is only catering to some of our more direct audience as to who will enjoy this but for those of you that have listened on even without if you your, guys have topics you want to hear about that we can riff on and just get extremely convoluted in let us know Hit us up on all of our social media accounts. We are on Instagram, Twitter. You can DM us separately if you want. If you don't want to uh, go into the main account, we are all open to any and every suggestion that you guys are willing to give us. And this is one that I'm going to immediately mention right now. For those of you who do not follow us on Twitter, where 98% of our notification content is uploaded, mix and match or at mix and match radio drop a follow and then we you can dm us on there as muhammad just said you can dm us on any of our accounts but we love hearing your suggestions we love talking about your suggestions and just in general we love and appreciate all of you listening so with that being said you guys have a fantastic evening muhammad what you got to say um i'm happy that spider-man is back and everyone have a safe and safe and happy rest of your day We will see you back here on Thursday for the Joker review, a very anticipated episode. You guys have a fantastic day.